Do you remember the day you found the passion that fuels your life? Or maybe the first date you had with your partner? Or how about the day your child graduated college? There was love, joy, and the hopefulness of change. Over the years, many alumni have expressed that the Our Community Listens course is life-changing in a similar way. And we know it has been infectious for many, something we know you can't just keep to yourself. So take a chance to share that experience with those in your circle by telling them about upcoming classes. Even if they live outside of a regional learning hub, we now offer a virtual OCL course. When we all learn to listen empathetically, we can be part of a caring community. Visit our website at chapmancommunities.org or follow the link in the description of this podcast. Welcome to the Listen First podcast, brought to you by the Chapman Foundation for Caring Communities. Our vision and mission is to strengthen relationships and build stronger communities through listening, leadership, care, and service to create a truly human connection. Learn and partner with us as we imagine a society in which people care about each other and listen first. Welcome to the Listen First podcast. My name is Adam Salgett, and with me today, I'm welcoming in Ryan and Melanie Palmerville. They work for the Michigan Air National Guard, and they took the Our Community Listens class through the relationship course lens. Ryan and Melanie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Nice Hi, to be thank here. you. So let me ask you this. How did you first hear about the Our Community Listens course? Ryan, why don't you touch on that? So one of the coworkers of Melanie uh, has been put in charge of basically being the logistics coordinator for it, for the state. She obviously is in communication with Melanie on the regular and, and kind of came in and was super excited about the course and more or less said, hey, you guys got to go to this. It's wonderful. And we're going to bring the relationships course uh, to Battle Creek. And we were pretty much the first ones on the volunteer list. Melanie, tell me a little bit about your expectations, you know, hearing from your coworker that, you know, this is a really great course. I think you should do it. What were your expectations heading into class? Of course, high expectations because Jen, the one who referred it, she, uh, she's a very motivating person. And she had, she said it was by far one of the best courses she's ever been to as far as professional and personal development. I was intrigued, you know, you, we go to these things all the time. So we're wondering what, what more can we learn about ourselves and other people? And um, I would have to agree, it is by far one of the best courses I've ever been to throughout my career. Ryan, would you back that up too? Absolutely. Uh, and I brief that pretty much every time. I'm now also helping Jen as the logistic coordinator for the state. And when I bring it up to the leadership throughout the Michigan Air National Guard, that, that is what I lead into. 19 years in, and this is the best training uh, I've ever had. So I'm going to ask the two of you to give me any example on why that is. Is there something that stands out or stood out when you finished the course as to why this one felt different? I mean, it's, it's really, you really dive into yourself, your people. And it's a lot of the, the courses we go to, it's like what one day, it's a one day deal. It's like, all right, good luck. And, you know, peace be with you for this. It's, you know, there's, uh, learn a lot about the different characteristics, you apply it, um, and you have those tough conversations. So I think some of the, the um, 
the acting, which was not my favorite part. I'm not a very good actor, but yeah, um, the, ro- the role playing, <laughs> the role playing. Yeah. It, I mean, those were the tough conversations, right? You know, not everybody has kids, but you know, we have family or friends that we can relate to. And it's, I felt like my part was beating real fast during some of it. I'm like, Oh man, I'm getting mad about the scenario. And how would I, I know how I wanted to respond in a certain situation, but all the things that we learned and tried to apply, like the reflective listening and, and whatnot, the FBI, we really got to apply it and see how it would, how it would work and then carry that on to our home lives. I, guess. I think first it just starts off with like how successful you guys have been in developing facilitators that, Training is only as good as the people that are providing it and the facilitators. And I've, I've met a few, not all of them. I know there's a lot, but they, they've been outstanding. Um, they build that connection quick. It's longstanding from some of the stories that I've gotten to hear. And then through their, their personal stories, the, the role playing and, and how, it, how it's supposed to look, all of those things are what we typically don't get. It's like, hey, you're supposed to do this. Okay, but I don't know how that looks or what that looks like, excuse mm-hmm. me. They provide you with that. And then being able to bring that here, there's a lack of development with being able to listen to, listen to understand and listening to respond. And I think that was one of the big takeaways that, uh, that this course was really able to provide pretty much all the members. Thanks so much. Yes. I, I think that is something that has always stuck out with me too. And my wife and I, I've talked about that, the idea of listening to understand and not just wait for your turn to talk, right? A lot of times we have a tendency to just wait to tell our story once someone finishes their story. So so let's talk a little bit about how the skills have made an impact in your relationship. One of the things I often say about taking this course and my wife also going through the course is that we've never been in a position to save our marriage. So I never felt like these skills saved our marriage or or anything as dramatic as that. But what I do feel like is it has helped maintain our marriage. It has helped us have a common language. Talk to me a little bit about how the skills have made an impact with the two of you. I think your example is like spot on (laughs) because I know for us, it was, we've been married 16 years. What else is there to learn about each other? You know, but um, I would have to say, more self-awareness, you know, like when one is a little stretched thin, it's like, all right. So one of the things that you guys said, or they said in class was every behavior, there is a need. So, you know, some, I know when I'm overwhelmed, he'll come up and like, give me a hug and say like, Hey, you need a moment or, you know, like take some time to yourself, go to the grocery store by yourself, you know, whatever. But um, (laughs) I I guess, I don't know, for me, it's more self-awareness. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So you, you alluded to in one of the questions here, like, you know, how, how did it work out? Did you guys know your disc profiles? And we have always claimed to be the yin and yang, okay? Like polar opposites, uh, introvert, extrovert, right? You can go down the list of, of all of those things. And then to have like quantifiable data that backs all of that up and then immediately go into like, hey, let's, let's build a vacation and, and let's look at what are some of those things that you guys would have to do? And then we quickly realized like, holy crap, you know, all these family vacations that we've done and we could have potentially uh, squandered a great relationship by simply like never even acknowledging that. And then now that we kind of know where we are, as you said, you know, when you're stretched thin, that we were providing that grace and a little bit of that space, whatever that looks like. 
in order to, to not sabotage that relationship and to keep it in a maintenance mode and not in a, uh, in a salvage mode. That, that I love both so, of those two words there, maintenance and salvage. That's such a good reminder to, to keep in mind that we don't want to get into salvage mode, right? I mean, that's never where we want to be in our, in our deep relationships. Tell me a little bit about your disc profiles. If either of you remember ex- your exact profiles and um, how that yin and yang may actually show its face when it comes to getting that disc assessment done. Um, we spell the word disc for sure between the two of us. Okay. <laughs> I am uh, I am 50% D and 50% I. Okay. Uh, I know I'm, I'm C-S-I and I'm trying to remember the exact percentages. I think my I is like like 10 percent or something like that but my my i have a high c for sure (laughs) so you guys do kind of balance each other out in that space and and i'm guessing you you knew that before the assessment but what was it like after kind of seeing the assessment together and then saying oh wow like you you mentioned there ryan about there's a little bit of quantifiable information here that says so well i mean you know it's crazy how uh you know, the, the OCL and the Bob Chapman Foundation has affectionately labeled me as a D, right? And then I get reminded that I am a D a lot. And, it, and it's just the, the directness that I typically will take. I mean, we knew, we knew how we reacted to, to certain things. So getting that, the, the three pages of, of what D and I look for, what what things we're good at, what things we're not good at um, mm-hmm. in, in full moments. What does it look like? Yeah, That part was kind of crucial because I, I, as soon as I, whenever we had the break, I think I gave you my piece of paper and I was like, look, I was like, so <laughs> these are the things that I may not be, I don't want to say man enough. That's, that's, that's not exactly the, the right word, the verbiage, but you know, maybe I'm not strong enough to self-identify like, Hey, these are the areas of weakness that I have. Cause I just want to, believe that I'm strong enough to get through everything. But if you see going off in, you know, um, in any of these areas, like, please rein me back in and and you know how to do it. So help me out. And I think that's something that I've used for, for Melanie is like, she has to have her space, right? Yep. She needs her space. I need people. Um, I like to, I get, I get energy from, from having others around and, and feed off of that. And that's, you know, a long four day weekend at work. And she's like, Hey, I need a break. It's like, okay, now that's, that's time to give the breaks. So, yeah, it sounds like I was going to ask for any type of specific examples you've had in your life, but it sounds like that long four day weekend at work with potentially a lot of people, you might come out of that re-energized Ryan, where Melanie is saying, Hey, I need, I need that little break. Is that, is that, is that about correct? That, that, yeah. that is hitting yeah. the nail on the head. I, lo- I mean, I love, I love seeing people because, you know, they're not here every single day. So I love seeing them. So I, I use a lot of energy and then also balancing that with home life, three kids, sports, maintaining a household. You know, I walk out on Sunday and I'm just, I think I'm sleepwalking. And that's completely yeah. understandable. And I think the, the, the great benefit now and not saying that you guys didn't have some understanding prior to the class, because you, I'm sure you did. But now you have this common language to kind of talk about these things and be able to say to each other, hey, this is how I'm feeling. Like, this is, this is my natural behavioral behavior tendency is telling me I need 
to take a step back. Do you guys talk about the OCL training at all together? Like, do you use some of the terms? Do you discuss things? Have like my wife and I have, for lack of a better term, called each other out when needed to say, Hey, you're, you're, you're listening, but you're not listening. So your reflective listening skills while you think you're, you're doing it, you're really not. And I need you to set down what you're, you're looking at on your phone or whatever you might be doing to take time to listen to me. Have you guys used those uh, terminology or use certain terminology in that common language to, to be able to connect with each other that way? Yeah. Yeah. So well, we positive and negative. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, you know, there are times where, yeah, you need to just a, a gentle reminder um, off the back of the head, like, Hey, we went through three days of training. Like I need you to listen. I don't need you to fix or I yeah. don't, right. Just, just listen and let me get to where I, where I need to go. And that's kind of mm-hmm. on the negative side. And then the positive side. So we took romantic comedy wise to the, to the bid, like the word bid, or uh, somebody had brought it up like, Hey, is, is this a bid? You know, if I say, Hey, I'm, I'm going to go walk to the mailbox. The other person will, you know, kind of joke it up. Like, Oh, is that a bid? Is that a bid? You want me to like, walk with you? you yeah, know? no, I do. Yeah. I want you to, let's, you know, we got a long walk to the mailbox and we hold hands. We can talk about whatever we need to do, like find our center again. Rather um, than the, okay. <laughs> yeah or like okay yeah have fun okay yeah <laughs> right so you recognize these opportunities now knowing that you have opportunity to connect and i think that's awesome you mentioned three kids you mind sharing their ages so 12 10 and almost seven <laughs> almost I'm, I'm guessing there's a birthday coming up you got like 11 days I think left. <laughs> okay <laughs> so how has your relationship with your kids change or the way that you listen to your kids or the way you communicate any specific examples come to mind everything i feel well they're, they're ever-changing right so sure. we have our girls are hitting adolescence so they're trying to figure themselves out mm-hmm. and it's practicing a lot of patience a lot of patience um that reflective listening i think was huge that that first uh, after we finished or maybe it was like day two or something and our, our middle daughter, we just listened, let her talk. And, you know, and she's, she kind of gets wound up tight sometimes. And she ended up, I think she ended up crying because she was just happy somebody listened. And so that, you know, I know I'm, I, I have to, I know for myself, I have to be better and practice a lot of patience and just listen instead of getting wrapped up around tasks, you know, cause I'm very task oriented got to, we got to go to these sports. We got to do this thing. We got to clean the house, but sometimes they just, you need to hit the pause button and listen to them. Um, because eventually they, they will do the same, the same things that they see. Right. So if you don't have enough time to listen to them, they won't have enough time to listen to you. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Right. And we're, there are, we have enormous success you know, on, on, in one aspect. And then the next day we could, we could botch it, you know, yeah. entirely. And I think that's just a part of the, the growing pain of, Hey, like, I know this material, but I'm so wrapped around like, Hey, there's just things that just need to happen. And I think one of the facilitators talked about their, you know, asking one of their teenage kids, like, you know, well, what'd you do at school today? Nothing. No, I did it work. Right. And then there, that's it. You know, one word response or how was school? Yep. It was great. Um, so I know that what we have 
try to do is let's lead off with a question, you know, let's give them a softball, let them hit it out of the park, right? Like, Hey, what was something fun that you did today? And then once you open up with a question like that, that then typically you'll get, you'll get more, you'll get more success out of, out of listening to them. And then we've kind of had to develop that for the 10 year old and the 12 year old who school is uh, typically just another social media event, if you will. So it's like you asked the wrong question. You might go down a, a rather lengthy rabbit hole. So. Right. But so you mentioned you, you both kind of alluded to it in there. I, it, something that I like to remind myself is uh, the whiteboard concept. You know, you've got this whiteboard in your mind of all the things that you need to do and all these tasks that we have to take care of. But when we sit down to maybe ask about our kids day and if they're giving us anything, make sure that whiteboard is cleared off. So that way we can't easily just jump past the little thing that they might've shared that, you know, we're actually giving them as much attention as we possibly can. Right. Have you seen an improvement in the relationship with your kids? I I don't want to ask that question in the idea that there was any type of poor relationship, but I'm, because I certainly, I don't want to allude to that. No, I mean, um, I, I know what you're saying. Um, no, I mean, things have, I think we have a better understanding of each other, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. We're not, uh, we've definitely learned to not, uh, or this is more me, I, I'm not going to speak for you, but like overreact. I mean, I, I can overreact for sure. But um, when they tell us stuff about school or about situations or whatever, just like, again, listening, being open-minded to what they have to say and everything. Um, I don't know. I just feel like there's more of a, a flow of information between one another when we have those types of conversations, but gotcha. not saying it's like that all the time. Sometimes you really have to cry for it, but well, and, and Ryan even mentioned it. He's like, one day you might knock it out of the park and the next day you may completely botch it up. But I think that's just human nature. I mean, it's, it's, we're going to make mistakes. It's the ability to have that self-reflection to go back and say, okay, tomorrow can be better. Or, mm-hmm. or even do I need to go back and do any repair from what happened today, you know, so it, in finding that balance between the two, I think is important. And it sounds like this class and in general, you two are both reflective on those kinds of things and, and trying to find the right way. Yeah. And, and obviously it, when you talk about like relationships and, mm-hmm. and where we are with the kids, it, it even goes with like just kid to kid, you know, so it's hard for a six-year-old to talk about his day to a 10-year-old to a 12-year-old and the thing that we try to do is like, okay, it's a family dinner. Everybody gets their time to talk and we reflectively listen to each other. And then sometimes you can get the questions uh, that those open door questions like, oh, tell me more or what did it look like? Right. So they're learning. They're, they're trying to learn. Um, they obviously have a very small attention span. So sure, sure. it doesn't always work out, but you can tell that like they know why we're asking questions even when we do botch it you know and i'm just like it's just a yes or no question you can tell that like hey the 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 light is on they understand that what we're we're trying to get them to open up we're trying to have a conversation we want them to talk and we just want to listen we don't need to need to react so that that part has been kind of fun it's awesome do you find yourself utilizing any particular skill more often than any other whether that's with each other or with your family I felt I always felt like I was a really good listener and I learned during this class I'm not a very good listener I try to I'm trying to find the words to 
to explain what I'm trying to say, like, uh, I'll try to relate with somebody on whatever they're telling me about. And I'm like, oh, we're going to connect. And um, it's just, it's kind of discounting everything that they're saying. So uh, when listening, I try to remind myself like, all right, full attention, not that I'm not listening to them, but you know, like full attention, don't give examples or anything unless, you know, they ask like, Hey, have you ever ran into something like this? Or, you know, then I could relate, but, and you were, he reminds me of FBI all the time, the feelings, behavior, impact, mm-hmm. get the kids to understand how I'm feeling about certain things <laughs> <laughs> when I'm at my peak. And he's like, Hey, remember FBI? I'm like, I know. Right. But Ryan, is that something that you've utilized or at least had in your mind? Maybe it's not a perfectly formed statement all the time, but at least you're thinking, okay, these are my feelings because of this behavior and this is the impact it's having on us as a family or yourself. Yes, there are a lot of the things that I try to utilize um, in my specific career field that we're not, I don't want to say we're empathy blockers, but in reality, we typically have a harder time providing the empathy we can sympathize we've all been through a lot of things in our lives um so giving that empathy listening not not interrupting with things that i've done or my advice um that has paid off really well and then i just talked to uh one of the the great facilitators about like i've written a few recognition letters in the past week and then just simply sent text messages out and they're they're kind of like um, they're like blind rewards, right? They're like white. Uh, what is it? White elephant? Is that like the Christmas thing where you don't know you give something away to somebody and you don't know what you're going to get back, right? Right. Um, and those the the responses that I've gotten from from doing those have been like overwhelming. It, the the cupeth run over, as <laughs> Melanie would like to say sometimes. Um, I I found great fulfillment in probably doing what I should have been doing a long time ago, but just like sitting aside time to accurately recognize the people in my life that I care about, they're doing great and they just, they need to know. So I feel like those are things that we just take for granted. We knew it, but yeah. Yeah. Just being reminded, gently reminded. I've, I've kind of always thought this about the world in general is that sometimes it's very easy for us to tell people when we're being bothered or when they do something wrong, as opposed to taking the time to tell them when they're doing something right or when they're doing something that we appreciate or enjoy. So uh, that's one reason why I really enjoy the FBI statements. And Ryan, I'm very happy to hear that you're using it on both ends, whether it's confrontation or um, a compliment. And so it, that's, that's awesome to hear that that's making an impact on you. It sounds like you're using that in your career field a little bit more, as you mentioned, I want to give the two of you an opportunity to touch on, um, you know, we've, we've gone through this as a relationship lens and a family lens, but if this is something that has also made a difference at, at work, um, I want to give you the opportunity to mention any stories there or how you're communicating better with uh, your staff or fellow employees. So Either one of you, I'll let you jump in. So I, I think we suffer from um, a lot of passive aggressive communication efforts. So, yep, I'm not happy, but I'm not going to tell you exactly why I'm unhappy. I'm just going to allude to like something that you did and generalized it um, and never actually address what is happening. Um, 
FBI, the, the confrontation message, the idea that, and I, and I, you, we, what you don't know and what isn't really understood until after you go to the classes, that FBI message opens up a lot of things. When we talk about like in the military progressive punishment, you know, Hey, we're going to have a, we're going to talk to you verbally. And then we're going to go through the, the list of pieces of paper that admonish you until, you know, you either change your ways to conform or, or we kick you out. He providing that, that feelings, behavior, and impact, it, it allows that member to address, or it could have provide that, uh, that moment for the member to address like why they're making those decisions. And I don't have to ask. Right. I just simply state, Hey, this is what I, this is the way I'm feeling, what impact it has. And next thing you know, I get to listen. And now I start to either develop that relationship further or get a better understanding of what is going on in that person's life. Or typically I'm not ever doing that. I would have to say, there are a couple of things, you know, of course I like to sit and analyze people, whether I'm right or not, <laughs> you know, uh, like, Oh, I wonder, you know, some of these behavior tendencies, Oh, this person tends to be more analytical or whatever. So that kind of helps play into um, like, if there are certain things that need to get done, certain job descriptions that we need to assign to someone, if that's great at work, I will have to say, I know he touched on FBI, but um, uh, I guess as we, go up the ranks, people come to you for advice or if they have a problem, what well, the three A's, you can ask, adjust, or um, ask, adjust. You can accept. Accept. Yeah. You can adjust, adjust or you can ask, for, ask change. for change. Yeah, so I try to, um, I have a problem of fixing problems. Sure. <laughs> so if somebody comes to me with something, you know, like I'll listen, I'm like, all right, so, and then I'll, you know, like propose those, uh, the AAA, I say, but, um, and it kind of, I'm like, what are you getting out of this? What are you, you know, so that way the person doesn't feel like I'm taking something away from them, that I'm trying to solve a problem for them and that they put more thought into whatever, uh, situation that's bothering to, to ask me about in the first place. So that's that awesome. Sense. Yeah, I'm, I'm thankful that you guys, you know, have taken the opportunity, even though you went through it in the relationship lens to start that it's, it's something that you think about at work. And, and obviously, it sounds like, um, at the time, though, work had kind of brought it to you as an opportunity. So it's really great just to know that you're taking the time to kind of round out yourself, make yourself a better person on, on the whole to see where you can improve your relationships. Well, Ryan and Melanie, as we wrap up today's podcast, I always like to ask our guests to give us a little key takeaways. Ryan, why don't you go first? It is it is a sim- simply a statement that you, that you have to an- that you have to answer for yourself is if you care about those in your span of care, truly care about the people in your span of care. This course will allow you to do things that you either you may think that you're really good at already. It'll make you do them better. And the things that you may not be good at, they're going to show you ways to just make, you know, small steps towards finding that to be a new comfort zone. When we went into the course, we were like, what else are we going to learn about each other and about ourselves? And it was a lot. So never think that you know enough about yourself or others, because there's always more. Such a great reminder. Thank you both, Ryan and Melanie, for spending some time with me today. Uh, I'm very thankful that the two of you are utilizing these skills and that you're both looking at ways to improve yourselves and, and strengthen relationships that you care about. 
So thank you both. Thank you, Adam. Thank you.